Good morning. morning. Hallelujah. Very, very excited to be here. Uh, I'm definitely nervous, but I'm very, very excited. Um, It's been a little while since I've been able to preach. When we had been in Africa, we were able to preach sometimes five, ten times a day. And um, when you get a taste of that and you see what God is doing, it's just so, so incredible. Um, First thing I want to do, I want to... I want to uh, thank Pastor Tim and, and Donna for allowing uh, my family to uh, speak here. Not only that, what, a, what an honor it is that they give me the, the ability to stand up here. Um, I was talking with several other people earlier, and they asked me, how are you doing? And I said, I'm nervous, because I don't take this lightly. I truly, I truly believe we answer for every idle word. And I also believe as I stand here in a position to represent God and to speak on behalf of God, it's a very big responsibility. So I I literally almost tremble with fear, but also I have expectation and excitement about what God is going to do today. The, the, the leadership here is incredible. Pastor Mike and Christy Bartz. I, I honor these, these, these leaders here. They're the youth leaders. On Wednesday nights, I come out here with, uh, the younger, the young adults. They're, uh, you know, teenagers and things. And I see the way that they pour their lives into these young children. And, um, it's truly an honor to serve alongside of them. And they let me be a part of that. Pastor Nick and Jill, um, dear friends of mine, um, they actually became part of our board of uh, directors for the nonprofit, His Son Ministries. They're dear friends. They've been with me since since I got saved, and um, we're just really blessed. Pastor Diana, um, what an unbelievable woman of God she is. I've never heard her complain, if you've ever heard her. She just is a solid uh, woman of God. And the deacons, um, I've, I've just been so impressed through the years seeing how these other men of God operate, how they serve. Um, it's even challenged me and convicted me in my, in my own walk, in my own way that I look at serving and what, what's required of me or what really where my heart should be at in service. And so I want to honor them. And, 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 and Amy um, Lindstead and the worship team, um, just I hope you guys realize, you know, I've been to some other churches and I've been to some other places and when when you're here and you're with somebody like uh, like Amy and I'm not trying to puff her up for any good reason but um these people truly love the Lord and they and they and their desire is to honor him and to worship him so it it's it's I'm so thankful for him and the poor lady um Amy I call I I text her last night and said I have a little Holy Spirit curveball for you here. So I had a message for about two weeks in my head. And then about 9.30 last night, I just got rocked. So I need to be obedient. But uh, Amy was very gracious and, um, you know, said I changed things up in the end. So I just want to thank them. I, and I honor this church um, and appreciate them. Um, if you're here, to, t- some of you may have came to uh, hear me talk about Africa and what God did in Africa and what God has done through the ministry, our, our ministry here and the time that we had for Christ for All Nations. I'm only going to briefly talk about that. I need to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is telling me to uh, present today. But I want to encourage you, um, afterwards at 1230, we're going to be having a luncheon. Feel free to come. We have a video um, I'm going to speak about some of the things. I'm going to share some of the testimonies, some of the amazing things, and then I want to give people an opportunity to ask questions, to uh, talk with us. So if I hope that you're not too disappointed that you're not going to see like a big slideshow about all the things of Africa. If you're interested in that, please come to the 1230 um, um, luncheon. And, and there's good food and everything, and feel free to show up. Even if you didn't RSVP, we have uh, plenty of food. So I want to thank everybody. I want to thank the church and everybody here that has sent me. Uh, Africa, I'm just going to quickly talk about that. We went for, I went, we, my family and I, we left our job in faith, moved to uh, Florida, went to boot camp for Christ for All Nations. There was a mass crusade evangelism boot camp. It went from January to May. And then at, uh, right around May, we went to Africa 
and there was 94 evangelists that went to Tanzania, Africa, and we are spread out through five cities in Africa. It was truly incredible. Um, in each of the cities, we had about 20 to 25 um, evangelists in there. In our city, we were in Mbeya, Africa, or Mbeya, Tanzania, and we were there for two weeks. In two weeks, our, our little team of 25 people seen over 72,000 people give their lives to the Lord. I'm telling you. Our team, our little team, and we are broken up into teams of five. Just to give you an idea, and like I said, I'll make this quick on this part of it. Just to give you an idea, in four days, we spoke to over 15,000 children in children's crusades. And we've seen over 10,000 children come to Jesus. It's truly incredible. That is Jesus. That is Jesus, and I want to encourage you. Um, we've seen hundreds and hundreds of miracles. With my own eyes, I've seen blind eyes open. With my own eyes, I've seen paralyzed people get up. With my own eyes, I've seen deaf ears open. And some of you may hear this and think, wow, that's amazing. How, that's great, but that's Africa. But I'm here to tell you that that's not just Africa. That's right here. Okay? We see these things right here. In the United States, in Florida, we've seen miracle upon miracle upon miracle. And I, I, I'm not saying this to like toot my own horn, but there's times I come home and it takes me an hour to get gas. And my wife's like, what happened at the gas station today? Because Jesus saves and Jesus heals. If you go out there and you share the gospel, people will get saved. If you lay hands on the sick, people will get healed. And we see it all the time. Sometimes I hear this, this, this justification of like people that say, well, that's great because Africa's hungry or they don't have any doctors so they don't have any other way. And I'm like, no, I just seen it two days ago. I just seen it in Walgreens three days ago or four days ago, whatever it was. The reason why I share that is I want to challenge you and I want to stir you up and poke you a little bit to say, wait a minute here. Do you believe the words that Jesus says? Do you believe when he says, those that believe will cast out demons? When you lay hands on the sick, they will be healed. Do you believe those words? <clears throat> because if you believe those words, then go out and start doing it. And watch what God does. Because it's not just me. If there was anything I learned when I was on that trip, God uses the people that say yes. It's, it's not because I'm some sort of special person. I'm not the best speaker. I'm not the, the best theologian. I, I mean, I could prob probably even make a mistake today in some of my theology if you really wanted to sit down and go point by point by point. But all I know is the gospel works. The gospel works. We had times where we had five minutes, literally in a classroom, with some Muslim Muslim people in the room, Muslim teacher, and they said, you have five minutes, go. You're not going to stand there and tell them, you know, Jesus made me feel so much better. Jesus has turned my life around. And he has, and I've got an amazing testimony, but that's not going to change lives. What changes lives is the gospel. When you share the gospel and you go out, you, all of you are commissioned by God to go out into the world and to share the gospel and to make disciples. That's a commission for you, not just people like me who are called to be an evangelist. If you are a born-again believer, that is your responsibility to be going out and sharing the word. And it's so fun. Do you know how fun it is to see God heal somebody in front of your face? Do you understand that? I was just in an apartment complex last week, right? And I seen a man, Lee and Marilyn. I was stopping by to see Lee and Marilyn and thanking them. I didn't plan on saying this, but I seen this lady walk by and I said, do you have pain in your back? And she said, no, but he does. And I said, okay. I literally climbed a ladder to share the gospel with this man. And this man had two separated shoulders. His stomach was messed up. He got in a horrible accident. His, he had no skin on his toes. And God healed this man, healed his, his elbows. He's literally like, I was hoping he was going to be here today. And then I shared the gospel with him and he got saved. Standing on a ladder, two things high. That's not me. 
The reason why I'm sharing that is not so you look at me and go, wow, that, that's pretty amazing what God, what God can do through Dave. I'm trying to tell you that I've seen guys out in Africa that were 67 years old, retired engineers, that never spent one day, one day in a pulpit. And they stood in front of a thousand kids and they shared the gospel and almost a thousand kids gave their lives. That's because the gospel is enough, my friends. Jesus is enough. If you proclaim Jesus, Jesus will show up and he will do signs and wonders. That's our wake-up call. So today, we're going to have a luncheon afterwards at 1230. It's also going to be live-streamed on Facebook. So I'm saying that also for the people that are online, as well as people that are going to come back and view this later. So we're going to be live-streaming it on the, the ministry's website. So the ministry that we run is called His Son Ministries. So if you find that on Facebook, you'll be able to watch the luncheon live. It'll have the video and all those other things. So if you can't come, uh, please look that up later. So today, I want to tell you what's going to happen here. I'm going to share a very important message with you. I'm going to talk to you about Jesus. And Jesus is going to show up here today. Not because I'm something special, but because when you talk about Jesus, the Holy Spirit loves to talk about Jesus. Jesus will show up. And when we later, after we get done with my message, we are going to call the people that are sick forward. This is a little different than we normally do it in our, in our church here. But I felt led to do that. And I'm telling you today, the sick that come forward, we are going to pray for the sick and Jesus is going to heal the sick. That is what's going to happen here today. Some of you here, you may have never known the Lord. Some of you are not saved. Some of you even online that are listening to me, you do not know Jesus. If I asked you if you would die right now, if you were 100%, if you would go to heaven, some of you can't answer that with 100% sincerity. Today, that's going to change. Today, people here are going to get saved. Today, people online are going to get saved. Some of you here today knew the Lord, but you're backslidden. And I have good news for you. Today, you are going to give your life back to Jesus. Today, that's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to stir your heart. And today, you will give your life back to Jesus. And He's waiting for you. Some of you here may be religious. You may go to church. You may look like you know God. You may pray. You may pray with your kids. You may walk around even with a title saying, I am a Christian. But you're doing things that you know Jesus would never do. Today, you're going to stop that and you're going to come back to Jesus. That's what's going to happen today. And some of you here are just people that are on fire for Jesus. And I'm so, I'm so thankful that I get to be here and you get to celebrate what Jesus is going to do here. I'm setting the stage because I believe Jesus is going to do miracles today. I believe at the end of this service, and I'm leaving time, hopefully by God willing that I can get through this, I'm leaving time so that we can pray, and I'm expecting Jesus to do miracles because that's what Jesus does. My throat is so dry. What in the world? It's the nerves. So I want to tell you about the first man and first woman that ever lived. Many of you know their names. Anyone know their names? The first man and first woman that ever lived. Adam and Eve, that's correct. You see, the Bible says that God placed Adam and Eve, and he put them in a beautiful garden. You know this story. And God said to them, you can have anything you want in this garden, except you can't have the fruit from that one tree. You know what happened? They ate the fruit from that tree. You see, God and Adam used to walk hand in hand every day. God and Adam would talk. They had a communion. God created Adam so that he would, so he could be in his presence because he loved him. But when Adam ate that fruit, you know what happened? Adam hid. The Bible says that Adam hid. And in the morning when God went to talk with Adam, his friend the one he created, the one he loved, he couldn't find him. And God called out to him and he said, Adam! 
Adam, where are you? Some of you here are lost and hiding. Sometimes when we sin and we do things that are outside of God's will, we hide from God. Sometimes people hide from God because they think He's bad or He's mean and they don't trust Him. They don't know if He's a good God. Some people don't even know that they're lost. Or some people, they don't even know that God is looking for them. I want to tell you a story. One time when I was, my son was younger, this is my oldest son, we were shopping in a, in, a, in a shopping mall in Chicago, and it wasn't in the best part of the city. And we were walking around and just having a normal day, and it was just him and... Uh, my wife at the time was just walking and looking at stuff. And then I turned around and all of a sudden, my son was gone. And I was like, what in the world? I'm like, and anybody that has kids, you understand this has happened before. It's like, okay, all right, all right. Where, hello? Where, where's, have you seen Lawson? Have you seen, where's Lawson? And I'm looking around and all of a sudden my heart starts to beat a little faster. It's like, all right, this isn't funny anymore. I don't know where he's at. And I started to look. And, and then I'm like, have you seen him? Have you seen him? And now I'm starting to get really nervous, and I'm raising my voice, and I'm like, Lawson! Lawson, where are you? Lawson! And I'm crying out for him, and crying, and crying, and crying. And he's not there. And now I'm looking for a police officer, because I am truly petrified. This is not a place you want to lose a kid. They'll, swoop the, they'll sweep that kid up in a second. And I'm petrified, and I'm like, Lawson, where are you? And I'm crying out to him. And out from nowhere, my son comes, and he had been hiding. See, he was hiding behind a thing of clothes, and he thought it would be funny. And I got down on my knees, and I was like, Lawson, where were you? What are you doing? And I was terrified. He looked at me, and he's like, Daddy, why are you crying? And I'm like, you didn't even realize how dangerous it was, how lost you were. That's how many people here are. Or you may be online and you're playing around with things and you don't even realize how dangerous it is. You don't even realize how lost you are. I know someone close to my fam close to well close to my family in a way. His dad just died. He's 50. We have people that are playing around with sin thinking that it's not a big deal, but they don't even realize that they're actually lost. And that's a scary thing if you don't even realize that you're lost. My son had no idea. In an instant, somebody could have grabbed him and taken him. He has no idea how dangerous it was. To him, it was just the game. But to us, and to some of us here, we're playing games with God, and we're thinking that it's it's not a big deal. And I'm trying to tell you that you may be lost. That's a very scary thing. You see, when Adam and Eve, when they sinned and they ate that, and they ate that fruit, they disobeyed God. And when you disobey God, that's sin. I know this is old school that I'm preaching to you, but it's sin. And sin separates you from God. That's a fact. See, because God is holy. It's not because God is mean and He doesn't want you in His presence. He proved that He loved by sending His Son. But He's holy and He cannot have sin in His presence. So if you're screwing around with sin, if you're screwing around with pornography, if you're screwing around with lying, cheating, coveting, you're lost. And that's a very scary thing. And some of you, I believe the, lo the Lord wants to use me to be a poke and to wake you up and say, wait a minute, look at yourself here. Do you really know the Lord? Are you sure that you're saved? And if you're not saved and you're just taking for granted that, you know what, I'm just going to wait until later. I got plenty of time. You have no idea if you do. 
That man that was 50, I'm 51. I don't plan on dying tomorrow, but that guy that just died recently that was 50, his time's up. When your time's up, that's it. Someday you're going to stand before God. And if you don't have Jesus, you will be separated from God. That's just a fact. And that should be a scary thing. And that scares me. It would be very easy for me to, to stand up here and I plan on doing it, you know, when we do the luncheon, but to tell you all these amazing things that God did and amazing things that God does. And He does. And what He did in Africa and what He did last week. But if you, any of you here go to hell, and, and I know that that I have the life-saving news that I withheld because I wanted to talk about my ministry or what God did in Africa and all those things? I can't. That's why I'm an evangelist. I burn to talk about Jesus. I burn to tell people about the gospel. Because I was lost, my friends. I was a drug addict. I was an alcoholic. I was a pornography addict. You know how I got saved? Someone shared the gospel with me. And that's what I'm here to tell you about. That's why I'm here to poke you, to not only share the gospel with you, but to wake you up and realize you have friends, you have neighbors, you have family. Jesus and his gospel are enough. I hear so many people say, oh, I, I, I preach the gospel by the way I live. I'm not trying to, to ruffle your feathers here just for a shock factor. You could be the nicest person in the world, but if that person doesn't share the gospel, and that person doesn't hear the gospel, how will they be saved? That's straight from the Bible. You need to share the gospel. You have a responsibility to actually talk to your friends and your family, which are the hardest people to talk to, right? I've seen it in my own life. The persecution of people telling me, I don't ever want you to talk to me about God again. But that's the life-saving news. The answer for everything is Jesus. Jesus is the answer. The gospel is the answer. It's not just a one-time thing that you get when you live and you remember and you breathe the gospel. You know what happens? You become thankful. You remember, oh my goodness, I remember where I was going before. You were going to hell. If you know Jesus and you're born again, it's because someone probably shared the gospel with you. God does do miraculous things through dreams and other things. I am not God, but most people are led to the gospel by someone, sh led to Jesus by someone sharing the gospel. That's what happened to me. That's what happened to probably most of you. So the question for some of you here, actually all of you, is when's the last time you shared the gospel? How many people in your life do you know need to hear the gospel but you're too scared to say it. That's bad news, people. And I'm not trying to be a bummer here and a downer and trying to beat you up for the sake of like, this isn't condemnation. I'm trying to make you realize that I remember even in Africa, I was standing in Africa and there was just this very angry Muslim man and he was sitting on a motorcycle and he was looking at me like this and he walked by and he had a motorcycle helmet and on the helmet it said Akuna Matata so I said to him I said Jumbo which means hello and he looked at me like and then he walked by me gave me a big scowl on his face and I said Akuna Matata I thought oh, I'll make this guy laugh because I see this Akuna Matata on his hat and he just looked at me like, who in the world are you? And why do you think you can talk to me? So we're getting ready to leave. And I bring my interpreter over there. And I said, I really feel I wanted to let you know that the Lord sees you. And even though you're angry, I wanted to let you know that Jesus loves you. And he still looked at me like, hmm. 
And you know what I did? I just said, do you know why Jesus died on the cross for you? It's because you have sin. And sin separates you from God. But Jesus loved you so much that he died on that cross for you. And I shared the gospel with that man. And in an instant, I had 15, 20 people hanging around, all from different denominations, mainly Muslims, standing around me. And here I am, proclaiming the gospel, saying, Jesus loves you. Jesus died on the cross for you. Jesus rose again on the third day. Not telling him about me or how great the things are that God's doing in my life. Sharing the gospel, because that's where the power is at, my friends. And in an instant, here I am, leading this man to the Lord and about 15 others. And then God just starts healing and healing and healing. And we were on this same street corner for two and a half hours. And this lady actually was a little upset at me because she was selling Bibles. It was kind of a funny thing. She was a, from a different faith selling Christian Bibles. So I bought a couple Bibles for this, for this man and this other person. But that's one thing that I've learned is that the gospel, when you share it and you share it in faith, Jesus will save people. But if you don't share the gospel, then people will not get saved. So the question for some of you here is do you know Jesus? Have you made Jesus your Lord and Savior? If you haven't, Today is the day that you can give your life to Jesus. Today. Don't wait another day. Some of you are saying, and I've even talked with people that said, oh, another time. You have no idea if another time will come. If you would have told me that a couple months ago I would have been in a hospital praying for the life of my son, I would have said, what in the world? This close. From dying, my son was. And I've talked with several people. Because I share the gospel with people. And I've talked with several people at my old job. Some have died. Some, one man literally went off and killed a whole family over by Taco Bell. Not even a month after I shared the gospel with him. And he came back to me later and said, Oh man, if I would have just listened... If I would have just listened to when you told me, my whole life wouldn't have been, would have been different. Some of you are lost. Some of you may be hiding behind secret sin. Some of you may be at home looking at pornography. Some of you really know that you're not sure if you're saved. I have good news for you. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you. Luke 19.10 states, For the Son of Man has come to see and to save that which is lost. You see, Jesus, He goes and He looks for people. That's what He does. C.S. Lewis called Him the Hound of Heaven. I remember before I got saved, everywhere I went, somebody was talking to me about Jesus. I was so frustrated. I was like, what is wrong with these Jesus people? Follow me around everywhere I go. But that's the heart of Jesus. And what he's looking for is the, the church to wake up and go out there and share the gospel. To be the hands and feet of Jesus. Don't use the excuse that I'm not an evangelist. If you're a believer, you've been commissioned to go out and make disciples. Period. And your sphere of influence may be smaller than others. That's fine. But God has you in a circle of people, and if you're the only Christians, God's expecting you to bring light into that dark place. And that's done through His Word. I was talking with a man just recently, and he said, I just can't get over, I get so angry when I think about what those people did to Jesus and how they put Him on a cross. And he was like swearing and everything else because I was sharing the gospel with him. I said, those people didn't put Jesus on the cross. God the Father put Jesus on that cross. Hear me out. That was the plan of God. 
Do you understand? Because of sin that separates you from God, God the Father, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God the Father allowed His Son, Jesus, and sent Him down. And Jesus, the obedient Son, lived a perfect life, a sinless life, born of a virgin so He could be outside of the, the normal sin with, with babies and man. And He lived a perfect life. And Jesus' whole goal for His life was to get to that cross. And it's love. It's love that brought Jesus to that cross, you see. Sometimes people are like, I don't want anything to do with God. God's about a bunch of rules, and God's this, and God's mean. And If I do that, i got to give up all this fun. Who in the world loves you more than that? Think about that. Do you know anybody that would die for you? Especially while you hate them? I hated God. I stole money as an altar boy. I don't say that to brag, but I hated God. I had no concern or care about God. And He chased after me and chased after me. I was a horrible husband. I was a horrible man. I did horrible things to people. But He chased after me. And He's chasing after some of you. Some of you here that are lost. He is trying to get your attention and wake you up and say, I died for you. God the Father, think about this. God the Father knows everything, right? He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's not out, he's not in our little sphere of time. So he knows what happens. He knows the beginning from the end. God the Father knew the pain. Knew the suffering that his son was going to go through. And I'm not just talking about the suffering of when they put him on the cross, the physical pain. But I'm talking about the separation from God the Father and the weight of sin that Jesus had to carry and the death. And God said, I still love these people so much that I'm going to send my son and allow my son to be put on a cross and to have nails put into his hands. You understand? They put nails in his hands. And Jesus stood on that cross for you because he loves you. And he took those nails and literally was crying out, Father, forgive them. That's love. Don't look at God and make excuses about, oh, I can't, I'm not giving my life to God because God's about this and God's about that. God is about love. That is love. They nailed his hands. They nailed his feet. They literally took a spear. And they jabbed the spear in his side. And the blood and water run, ran out. My friends, without that shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. I was so thankful when Pastor says that, said that. Do you understand that without the blood of Jesus covering your sin, that is the new covenant, Without that blood of Jesus, you can't stand before a holy God. In the same way in the Old Testament, they would sprinkle blood. The blood of the spotless lamb. They would sprinkle it on the mercy seat of the ark. Jesus became that lamb of God. That perfect lamb of God. For you. Because he loves you. But I have good news for you. He rose from the grave. Three days later, and Jesus is alive. And today, today He's calling you. He's calling each and every one of you to stop running, to stop screwing around and playing around with things. And He's trying to wake you up to tell you you're lost. And if you died right now, you would go to hell without Him. That's a very scary thing. And this is not the most um, fun message to deliver. But Jesus is going to save somebody here. Jesus is going to save somebody online. I know that for a fact. Not because of me. If I look back at my sermon, I, I probably thought, oh man, I missed that and I kind of blew that. 
But the reason why I know Jesus is going to save people is because I'm sharing the gospel with you. And the Holy Spirit is convicting some of you. And I'm going to give you, in a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. So what's, what's keeping you from giving your life to Jesus? Is there something that you're holding on to? Is there a relationship? Is there fear? Is there sin? I was in Africa and I was seeing, a, I was seeing an older woman and she was carrying one of these Now That You're Saved booklets. We have people fill them out after they get saved and it's a way that we do follow-up because we take their contact information Local pastors go and talk with these people. And I seen this older woman and I said, Oh, congratulations, Mama. I said, I'm so happy you gave your life to Jesus. And she said, No, I do not give my life to Jesus through the interpreter. And I was like, Whoa, okay. So sometimes people would come up and they just wanted a book. And I went, Okay, well, you haven't given your life to Jesus? She said, No, I give my life to Jesus when crusade comes. In May or June, when a, the next crusade, when the crusade was coming, and I was trying to reason with her, and I said, "Oh, Mama, there is there's no guarantee for tomorrow." And I'm trying to talk with her, and she had already heard the gospel, and she said, "No, I have beer at home. I'm not going to give my life to Jesus until after I drink that beer." And it sounds kind of silly, but some of us have. Something that we're holding on to, a sin. And we're saying, ah, maybe after I screw around just a little bit longer in this relationship. Or I only want to screw around just a little bit more on the internet. Or I want to have this emotional affair with this lady at work just because my wife's not meeting my needs. And you're playing around with sin. Not realizing that the enemy's just waiting. And you have no guarantee for tomorrow. So I asked this mama, I said... Can I pray for you? Because I know I can't talk this lady into it. She's very stubborn. She said, no, you can't pray for me. So then I said, could, could you ask her if I could bless her? And she said, yes, you can bless me. And she stood there like this. <clears throat> she looked like she was about 65 or so. So I put my hands on her, on her shoulder, and I said, Jesus, would you show her how much you love her, God? Would you fill her with your love? And this lady started weeping. She said, I want your Jesus. I want your Jesus. The reason why I share that with you is I hope that none of you are holding on to one last thing. Today is the day. Right now is the time for your salvation. Now is that time. Can you please stand? I ask each and every one of you here to close your eyes. No one looking around. And I pray, Father God, right now, I ask all of you here, if any of you want to get your life right and you want to give your life to Jesus, I ask you that you raise your hand. I ask that you raise your hand. I see you over there. I see you over there. Anyone else? My friends, please do not take this lightly, this opportunity. Someday you will stand before a holy God and you will be asked by God, do you have the blood of Jesus? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? And if it is not, I assure you that you will be separated from God. So I'll ask you one more time. Today, if you want to get right with Jesus, if you want to recommit your life to Jesus, if you want to give your life to Jesus and make Jesus your all and turn away from your sin and repent and turn to Jesus, I ask you to raise your hand. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for these people here. I pray, everyone, keeping your eyes closed, that, that you repeat after me now. 
Heavenly Father, please forgive me of my sins. Today I turn away from my sin and I turn to you. Today, Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose again three days later. And today I give you my life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We only have... If Amy can come up, please. You guys could be seated. What we want to do now, and I feel very strongly about this. I'm so excited about what the Lord's going to do here. We are going to do things a little differently here in, in the sanctuary and in online. But what I want to do is anybody that is sick and needs a healing, I'm asking that you would come forth and that you'd come forward. Come to the front. We're not going to have the the uh, anointing team come, but as an act of faith, we're just asking you to come forward. And I believe that Jesus is going to heal these people here that come forward. So if you have any sickness in your body, we're asking you to come forward. If you have any sickness anywhere, I don't care what it is. I don't care how big it is. I don't care what it looks like. It could be a headache or it could be cancer. I can tell you that it means nothing to Jesus to heal somebody. Jesus literally spoke the world into existence with his mouth. So it is just as easy for Jesus to heal someone with a headache as it is for Jesus to heal somebody with four-stage cancer that the doctor said you have until next Monday. It's because Jesus is the healer. I'm going, to pr- I'm going to do a little teaching here. What? Sure, absolutely. Amen. What she was asking is if she can come on behalf of somebody. Absolutely. I was just, I was just in, in, in Florida, and I, and I literally seen a man get healed while I was at church, and, and he was at home. I mean, look at the Bible. We don't... The Holy Spirit is not bound by our physical little constraints that we look at. So one of the things that I wanted to speak on, because we do have an informal dismissal at 12, so I just wanted to remind you, if you have to leave, please feel free to go. Okay, don't feel like you have to stay. We're also meeting at 12.30 with the luncheon, so. But I think that this is important. And this honestly just makes me so happy, because I know Jesus is going to heal you here. Because that's what he does. The Bible says in Luke 5, 12, it says, And it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, Jesus did. I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him. See, the question some of you may have, and this has been blown out of my mind since I've seen hundreds of people get healed, is, will God heal me? Or does God want to heal me? You see, my friends, we all know that God has the power to heal. The question that we wrestle with is, God want to heal me? And I believe that this scripture is a perfect example of the willingness. Jesus is willing to heal. You see, when he was on that cross and they beat Jesus and they, and they, were, and they, and they put scars in his back, the Bible says, by his stripes we were healed. You see, the price has been paid. The price has been paid already for your healing. You don't have to earn healing. You can't be good enough to get healing. 
I don't carry something special. Jesus paid for the price. He just asks us as disciples and as people that are believers to go out and to preach and to lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. And that's what's going to happen today here. Because that's what Jesus does. Jesus is willing to be willing to heal you. So in a moment, I'm going to have the worship team start playing a song. But before we do that, what I want you to do is an act of faith. And I truly believe this is so integral. If you've got some sickness in your body, I want you to put your hand on the body part that's hurting or that needs healing. So if you've got sickness in your head, put your hand on your head. If you've got sickness on your elbow, put your hand on your elbow. If you've got too many things to even talk about, just put your hand on your head in faith. And then what we're going to do is we're going to worship Jesus. And this is a very important part because you need to understand it's not because me. It's not because I came back from Africa and I caught something or I got some special anointing. Jesus is the healer. He paid it. He paid the price. By his stripes you were healed. You see, sickness is from the enemy. Sickness is from the fall of man. Jesus did not come to bring sickness. That is the devil. The devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have good news for you. Jesus came to set the captive free. And he puts the devil under his feet. So with your hand on your body part, we're going to sing some of this hallelujah. And after we get done, I want you to look at Jesus while we're singing this. And look to Jesus. Because Jesus is the one that's going to heal you today. And when we get done singing this song, I'm going to pray and Jesus is going to heal you. Amen. I pray right now in Jesus' name. I command any spirit of infirmity in this place to leave right now in Jesus' name. Any spirit of infirmity, get out of these people. I command it in Jesus' name. Any sickness, leave. Get out right now in Jesus' name. Cancer, leave right now in Jesus' name. Blind eyes, open right now in Jesus' name. We speak forth right now to Gloria Goffin. I command that sickness. I command that cancer to leave. Get out right now by the authority of Jesus Christ. Right now in Jesus' name. Stomachs be healed in Jesus' name. Knees be healed in Jesus' name. Legs be healed in Jesus' name. I command it right now. Every hip that's broken, every hip that's hurting, I command healing right now. We declare end all cancer. Bone cancer, get out right now in Jesus' name. Blood cancer, get out right now in Jesus' name. Stomach pain, leave right now in Jesus' name. Any ulcers in these bodies, I command them to get out right now. Kidney and liver pain, I command you to get out right now in Jesus' name. All sickness and spirit of infirmity, get out. Devil, loose these people. I command it right now in Jesus' name. Devil, loose these people. Sickness, get out of them right now, I command it in Jesus' name. Bodies be healed. Eyes be healed. Backs be healed. Back be healed. Right now I command every sore back to be healed. In Jesus' name. Every neck that has pain, I command it to be healed. 
right now in Jesus' name. Every foot, every ankle, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, I speak forth healing right now in Jesus' mighty name. Now what I want you to do is I want you to take a step of faith and I want you to test your body. Test your body. Try right now. Anything that you couldn't have done before. Test right now. In Jesus' name. And then what I want you to do is I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand if Jesus has healed you. If you feel an improvement, you feel that Jesus has healed you, raise your hand. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for the healings you've done. We thank you for the doctor reports that we will hear that cancer is gone in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that lives will never be the same, that that diagnosis by the doctor, we break it off right now in Jesus' name. By his stripes you were healed. That is the new diagnosis. You have been healed in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing, healing Gloria Goffin, Lord. I thank you for complete healing. Yes, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I want to tell any of you here, if you don't feel something right now, I want to tell you that the Lord has still healed you. And you may not understand that or you may not see it, but I'm telling you, it's not because of me standing here. It's because of Jesus. It's because of what He's done on the cross for you. It's what's been spoken over you in faith. I sat there and watched my son from an inch of being dead. And I spoke, my son has been healed in Jesus' name. Do you understand? So receive this healing. Receive it in faith. Trust God. And celebrate it. And then tell others. But don't just tell them about your healing. Share the gospel, please. There's people dying, your neighbors, your family. They're dying. And without the gospel, you're just giving them words. The gospel changes lives. Share the gospel with people.